But then you'll uh, yell at me off screen like you always do. I do not. That's not fair. He's abusive. I'm a nice... I am not! <laughs> I'm just kidding. He is a very good person. How dare you? So, Chase, you're elite hacker, right? Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, not as elite as some other people, but I, I, I'm like a moderate on the elite scale, maybe. You're like a minor boss in a dungeon versus, like, the, the final boss. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, I'm like one of the minor bosses who is mostly there for comic relief, yeah. <laughs> now, how, uh, how, how do you feel when I say that our job is not 100% technical. I would agree with you completely, and I would cry because I'm moving past the stage in my position at BLS where it's becoming more and more non-technical and more and more focused on what we're going to be talking about today. And what are we going to talk about today? Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, understanding business processes uh, and things related to, uh, I guess, audit, for lack of a better term, <laughs> uh, a lot of interviews and a lot of talking through things and its importance in evaluating companies internal programs and stuff so now the way that we describe that while absolutely accurate sounds incredibly boring and you You know know, it feels incredibly boring sometimes (laughs) (laughs) but it's also very important and it's crucial yeah it's the the less sexy side of uh, what i will refer to as security auditing or red teaming or penetration testing or risk assessments or whatever term you want to tack on to it. It is the less sexy, but clear and concise way to like develop programs within the security sphere or security and business sphere. As we were saying earlier, it's a non-technical aspect, but it's just as if not more important than the technical side of the house, because you can have all the new toys, all these, great programs and all these things but if you don't have a process that's well maintained built behind it it's going to be just marginally as effective as it could be so a little bit of lead up into this and just to try and make sure that we're not gonna i don't want to lose anyone right out of the gate just because we're not going heavy technical on this episode Mm -hmm. it's still going to be what i'll refer to as air quotes technical because we're going to be kind of hitting on certain processes and some of the aspects that are built around the technologies, but it's not going to be, this is how you hack this, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 telnet. Um, Telnet. So with getting that out of the way, the, the, the crux of why we wanted to talk about this is just kind of like what Chase had said. There's such an importance to this whole aspect of, the security auditing side that comes with time and a willingness to sit down and talk to people. Mm -hmm. I would almost describe it as the podcasting of pen testing. Yeah. And so are we doing kind of like a meta podcast then where we're talking about the podcasting of (laughs) pen testing on a podcast about pen testing? I get, I mean, technically I suppose that's right, but now I'm confused. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, so the reason I say it that way though, is one of the things that we like to do on this this podcast when we have people or we have time to you know get someone on we like to interview them right we like to talk through what they know get a better understanding of how they do what they do and sort of what drives what they do right Mm -hmm. so the same thing applies for 
when we go into a business and we, when we're trying to, I'll use our sort of risk assessment process as an example, right? When we're, when we're performing a risk assessment for a client, Mm -hmm. you know, I would say a third of it is pen testing, like actual technical keys on the the wire kind of pen testing, right? Mm -hmm. Then another third of it is sort of process evaluation. And then that final third is business focused interviews. Is that, is that a fair breakdown? It's probably not like perfectly cut up like that, but roughly. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're all important parts and they all go into painting the picture of what an organization's maturity looks like when it comes to uh, like cybersecurity. And from that point of view, these are all things that contribute to each other. They all build off each other. They, they're the symbiotic relationship in many ways, or could be parasitic Mm. if the processes aren't really that well-defined. Absolutely. Ooh, we should work that into our next report. This process was parasitic. This process should be symbiotic, but it's parasitic. (laughs) Go all third grade biology on their asses. Yeah. (laughs) But so to carry that point through, though. Treasury operations is the powerhouse of the cell. I just had this picture of like one of those cell models, and it's just a picture of an accountant sitting in the mitochondria. (laughs) Like a stock photo of an accountant. Yeah. Well, it's all right. You've got a stock photo hackers sitting outside of the cell pointing guns at it because that's going to work. Um, I love those hacker stock photos. They're like wearing like a ski mask at their computer. Yeah. You got to love them. I, I've been, you know, we've been hacking for a couple years now, a little bit over a couple, I think. Something like I that. mean, uh, professionally, ha- a few well, or a little over a couple off time doing learning and all that. I think it's been over five years for me. If not, it might be closer to six or seven years for me. Yeah. But at any point in time, have you ever worn a ski mask to hack something? <laughs> um, I honestly, I can't say that I have. Uh, when I was starting to learn I'm, it, I bought a ski mask. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not really. I'm a script kitty. <laughs> uh, I, I bought like a ski mask. I bought fingerless gloves. I bought a hoodie. I bought all that. And I just never got to use them. Like I thought it was going to be a requirement <laughs> for the OCP or something, but... Yeah, that's why they've started adding the webcam. Yeah, exactly. They want to make sure you're wearing the, the appropriate hacker garb. Docked 10 points because he took his ski mask off. <laughs> um, where, how did, hold on, what happened here? We, <laughs> we kind of jumped. Um, we'll keep, a, we'll, we'll post a link to some of our favorite stock photos in the show notes, but let's. Ooh, uh, that could be a Discord exclusive. We'll throw ooh. those in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. We'll share our favorite stock photos in the Discord. But. <laughs> I digress. Like, I have to digress about four minutes there because we just got on a weird <laughs> tangent. Um, oh God, I don't even know how we got here. I can't even play the 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 play it back in my mind. It's like that Emperor's New Groove thing where Kronk pulls down the chart. It's like it doesn't make sense how we got here, but we're here now. <laughs> and it's my fault somehow because I brought up the ski mask. But okay, anyways, we're here now, and I have to do a weird transition to get back to where i want to be which is fuck where was i uh, oh i was cutting the risk assessment up that's what yeah, i was doing we could spend the next 40 minutes talking about stock photos <laughs> i mean it's not the worst hijacking <laughs> of an episode that we've ever done um, that's very fair but probably not the best one <laughs> no especially not for a bit uh, like a we don't have a visual portion 
of the podcast, you know, so we would just be describing it. But anyway, let's just, get back on track. I'll stop distracting you. <laughs> we just post a slideshow to go with the, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll have timestamps and everything so you can know what we're talking about. Visual gags aside. So I was referencing our the the kind of split that we have when it comes to risk assessments, right? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, Chase, you and I, we've been on a couple of risk ass- risk assessments and a few of them together. Yeah. Um, up to this point, you've kind of hinted at it, but you've started participating more in the interview aspect of it or the less technical aspect of it mm-hmm. alongside myself and some of our other leads and, you know, stepped a, a little bit away from the technical side. Not 100%, but, you know, more time is dev- more of your time has been devoted to doing interview activity. What have you learned from that perspective? Because I guess for for me, doing the interview aspect of things is more akin to what I've been doing my majority of my career Mm -hmm. Um, because I come from an audit background where I did just that. We would go in and talk to people and understand their processes uh, for weeks at a time. But you've kind of gone a more organic road of developing your technical skill set and then progressing into this interview aspect. Yeah. What has that been like for you? So I, I think the biggest hurdle, so to speak, I've had to overcome with it is I'm kind of in a weird spot that a lot of uh, people nowadays are getting into where they are pure security background, you know? So this is one of my personal deficiencies that I've tried to spend a lot of time rectifying but when it comes to these interviews, we're talking about a lot of the vanilla IT sides of the house, which I don't really have as much experience with. And so kind of being able to take those, the questions we ask, I guess, apply them in the correct way and everything just mm-hmm. took a little bit of a change in how I would think about it. Uh, now, someone who is comes a traditional method of coming from outside security, like Sam from audit to security or someone who would be from like networking to security or something along those lines, they have a lot better view of how businesses connect these systems and software together, the things they use, the methods and all that, which I'm not saying I don't understand that, but it's just a different perspective that I have on it. And I kind of need to get a better understanding of the perspective of like the quote unquote vanilla IT guys, the non-security folks. Those of us who had an opportunity to live the life of a, of an IT individual before coming into security, we have yeah. a, uh, I'll just say a wider breadth of knowledge on just really on the minutia that comes with all of that, the the inner workings, mm-hmm. um, because so you know pulling back the curtain a little bit, I started my career not considering like internships and things along those lines, but my career really jumped off when i was i went from college to audit yeah and i kind of had that similar experience i was like i don't have you know 20 years background in developmental security or uh, developmental design or architecture or other things like this and i'm sitting here the the 20 something year old kid across from the 30 you know 40 year old veteran and i'm like i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) yeah can you can I be the authority, please? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and it's that's that's hella intimidating. <laughs> it's very difficult to try and ask informed questions and all that when you don't have that baseline knowledge, so to speak. And so I've spent a lot of time getting that. And like, I, I think I would be able to get through 
our questions just fine and everything. But for me personally, there's a confidence aspect. I, I don't pretend that I know everything and I don't think that I know everything. But if I personally know that I have like these big gaps in these areas we're going to be talking about, I'm going to be significantly less confident talking about it to them and asking questions about it to them. And that just is something that's negative, negatively influencing me. And that's mm -hmm. something I've been working on, basically. And so, you know, from my experience, one of the <laughs> one of the pieces that go along with that and you're absolutely right that that moment when you're sitting there and you're like, oh, God, I have to talk about relational databases. and I really have not done anything with those before. How can I talk to talk about this? Yeah. And I've actually come to experience that so often in my career that I actually have learned to weaponize it almost mm -hmm. because me not knowing something isn't a bad thing. Yeah. That means I get to ask the basic questions and use that information they give me to build on that so I can have a better understanding from the bottom up of whatever the topic is that we're walking through. Now, today, it's not as much of an issue that I've run into, but I absolutely was in my, you know, had points in my career where I, I feel for you entirely. Yeah. Um, and I think you do have a different perspective being in a security background because there you do get to at least touch a lot of these technologies mm -hmm. before we go into these interviews so you've had some experience with them but no it's i feel you entirely in that regard because it it, it it especially when you're sitting across from a complete stranger and you don't know what they know you don't know <laughs> you don't know how angry you're gonna make them by asking basic questions yeah like yeah you know, growing up teachers always <laughs> said there's no such thing as a stupid question but as a consultant it feels like there's a lot of stupid questions <laughs> and I, I do not want to ask one. I know I, I, I know I need to, it's part of the job and I still do, but it just makes me feel uncomfortable. And I lose that some of the confidence aspect when it comes to it. If I personally feel like the question I'm about to ask is a stupid one. Now, the only thing you need is just to be yelled, yelled at by someone that'll break that, that fear. I yeah, promise fair. you that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to kind of walk me into my next point is, you know, We've talked in the past about sort of the adrenaline that comes with actual technical hacking when you're you're doing the actual hands-on keyboard activity or when you get a shell back, right? Mm -hmm. There's this rush, there's a high that comes with that. I would argue when you are in a contentious interview, you get a similar high. At least I do. <laughs> and that makes me sound a Sam little has bit a crazy. Thing for strangers yelling at him. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I mean, more, I guess it's more being put up to a challenge, but yeah. sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. We'll go with the challenge aspect of it. So I guess I will use an example that we've had. Well, I've, so I've got two examples, one pre-consulting when I was doing internal audit and one during as a consultant for BLS. Yeah, I know that and, one you're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure you've heard both of these stories, but. Uh, I, I was with you in the interviews for the one for, yeah, for the BLS one. Yes, for sure. Yeah. And I think I'm sure I've told you this other one that I'm about to share now. Yeah. When I was just starting as an auditor and, and this was barely even functioning in an audit perspective, it was more, I was on temporary assignment doing activities that were security adjacent slash audit related. So I'll, I'll put it that way. And I was working in a off headquarters you know location where we had um, more like hands-on teams 
mm-hmm. and they had these tough books, right? You, everyone knows what these tough books are. They're these heavy, heavy duty rubberized laptops that get tossed around at job sites and things like that. Well, there was an initiative that I got put on to sort of standardize the, the security of the GPOs for these, these tough books, but they couldn't be centrally managed because they were never on network. They were always just usually used for instrument data collection and things like that. So it was usually data on data off kind of deal with these with uh, Mm. thumb drives and stuff. Well, there's a certain aspect of the population that really don't like when you change things about their job. I'm trying to say this in the most diplomatic way possible. <laughs> this is really just a venting session for us. Yeah. Well, kind of. But I guess in other terms, these guys were kind of assholes. <laughs> so less diplomatic. But they were not thrilled with the concept of us coming in as IT to do some security work to change how their job process would work. And I get it to a degree, but it, this was such a minor change that I think all I was really doing was making sure that the the USB GPO was set consistently and the the message upon login was the same across the laptops. And there's like four or five of these laptops. Mm-hmm. So I have to go into their, their tech shed and I find the foreman and I'm like, hey, I'm here to get the laptops to, to do this. You guys said it was okay to do it today. And he immediately explodes on me. He just starts going off the rails, yelling at me about, you know, wasting his time wasting his his men's time getting in the way and he starts like huffing around this work shed and collecting the laptops and handing them off to me so in that period i i'm you know in the case that you've you've described chase of like i don't know what to say here you have more experience than everything else that you've done i'm just doing my job (laughs) you know and i'm like i feel like anything i say is going to make me seem like either an asshole or an idiot you know, or both. So I just kept quiet and let him get frustrated. And finally, he's standing by the door. I think he's trying to get me to leave is his thought. But I knew how many laptops I needed. And I was short one of the ones in the stack in my hand. And I brought it up. (laughs) (laughs) So what the end result there was I had a tough book thrown at me while I already had a stack of other tough books in my hands. So but you know, they're tough. It's fine. And no one was injured. Yeah, uh, except my pride a little bit it was you know a little scary yeah as a i think i was yeah i just was out of college when this happened are you concerned with your organization's policies and procedures and or just want to throw a laptop at sam well feel free to contact black Lantern security at blacklanternsecurity.com contact us be sure to mention the podcast and if you're an aspiring red or blue teamer out there hit up black Lantern security at blacklanternsecurity.com shops thank you for listening but long story short the you know, that was my early introduction to, you know, people in the security <laughs> world are going to have, I don't want to say confrontation. But pushback? But yeah, there's just this this central aspect of pushback that comes with the line of work that we do. Because I don't want to say we're diametrically opposed to, you know, the functionality that IT provides, but the... There's a, you know, there's a saying that we used to say all the time when we were doing blue team stuff, but it's, you know, security and convenience, you get, you pick one, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, with that in mind, that, that was how I started my career, <laughs> right? I, <laughs> I graduated college and went and was yelled at by an adult 
or another adult in a see i picture myself as a child then but <laughs> got yelled at by another adult for doing my job and it just kind of from there on out i was just like okay i survived this one cool I'll, i can handle whatever comes next yeah i mean i think for me it's mostly just i get caught off guard if that yeah. happens because like i mean like coming from the mill i've no stranger to getting yelled at or something like that but you just kind of expect that to happen on that side of the house but someone yelling at you like in a meeting or like while you're trying to do just like your civilian day-to-day business work or something like that that is just not something i ever expect <laughs> yeah it's it, it's definitely jarring and i know in at least in the that situation based on that story my uh i went straight to my direct supervisor and i was like hey just so you know this happened i'm okay i'm not I'm not upset about it, but I just wanted you to know in case there's any kind of pushback coming from them or anyone claims anything else happened. So, you know, it, you're absolutely it, it. And that supervisor was very like taken aback and appalled that that had happened to me. And but, you know, from my perspective, yeah, it's it's jarring when it first happens. But then something, at least for me, something in my brain just swept, swapped over. And I was like, this guy's just having a bad day. And he <laughs> took it out on me. That's really what happened. Mostly because I'm just fucking around with his job process and he didn't like it. <laughs> but now a little bit more uh, centric to the the interview aspect of this. And Chase, you were you were <laughs> sat more or less digitally beside me for this, so you you know how this experience went. Oh, it was but... really awkward to be just sitting there <laughs> listening to it. Um, I think this was either the first or one of the first times I led an engagement for BLS. Yeah. Meaning I went into this RA or this risk assessment knowing that I was going to be the primary interviewer uh, for these technical processes. And I wasn't, you know, I it was a little anxious just because, you know, representing a company or my new company for the first time and doing all that, there was a little bit of anxiety on my part, but not from a doing an interview aspect of it. Mm -hmm. but <laughs> this particular client we had a the the client themselves they were very kind and gracious and i really enjoyed working with like the owners themselves <laughs> but they had contracted out their it services through another company and it was a smaller a little bit more localized sort of it firm and which meant we needed to talk to at least their the person who was on their account so we can get understanding of like how often they updated their servers, what kind of processes they went on, they underwent for uh, routine maintenance, you know, basic IT process questions, right? Yeah. And we didn't hide that. That's what we were going in there for. It was all over the questionnaires we set ahead of time, everything. It was all there. Yeah. And we were supposed to schedule the meetings out like a week ahead of time, if not more. So it wasn't a surprise to anybody. Yeah. We, we don't want, we're not there for gotchas. We just yeah. want to know how things work. Well, best laid plans of mice and men. And so we try and get this guy on the phone. He last minute tells us, oh, he's working for another client. He's not available. It's like, okay, fun. When are you available? I think it was the last day of the engagement or something yeah. like that. Yeah, he said we were going to get like, what was it, like an hour, hour and a half with them? <laughs> yeah, he, he agreed to meet for an hour and a half. I think it was. Well, finally, that day comes. We get the conference call set up. We're sitting on there. We're waiting. He joins. Cool. Here we go. We got this. And next thing I know, I hear an airport intercom going off behind him. <laughs> and I'm like, 
Okay, that's not a good start. <laughs> he jumps in. Listen, I'm I'm sitting at my gate. You guys probably have half an hour, maybe 45 minutes. It's like, oh, shit, guys. Yeah. So put on game face and just win. That's that's all I could do. So I <laughs> we I had to get through an hour and a half worth of questions in. I was banking on just 30 minutes while he was being extremely combative, by the way. <laughs> I know you're going to get to that, but like I have never been more uncomfortable <laughs> because of confrontation than I was in that moment. Yeah, so <laughs> he was, I guess, le- just the easiest way to say it, he was pissed that we had to talk to him. Yeah. He was just, he was mad at me personally for asking him questions. And it was so interesting. And so we were getting very short and clipped answers. So I think, which forced me more or less, because we were getting such basic information, I had to get more granular with my questions, which meant we were going to slow down, which was not ideal. But he also interpreted that as me not understanding at all. And he said something to me along the lines of, oh, he's like, I don't have time to explain to you basic IT. Something along those lines. (laughs) Yeah, when you were asking like how he manages the workstations or something like that, because they were like, I don't think the host-based security controls were like updated in a long time. So the signatures were all outdated. There were a lot of missing updates applied and or there were a lot of missing (laughs) updates that needed to be applied. And so we were like trying to get to the bottom of that. And that's when he just kind of flipped the lid on you, which I think it's probably, it was a defense mechanism because I feel like he knew that he wasn't doing the things he needed to do. Mm-hmm. and he thought that we were like catching him in the act basically yeah. and so he just got mad oh yeah yeah so you know <laughs> if we weren't getting short and clip answers before that it was even worse after that and it it turned into essentially it felt like i was playing chess with him mm-hmm. to a certain degree because i was just at this point i was just trying to get him to share process data process information that's all i wanted yeah i didn't care about like a gotcha situation that's not what i was there for i just needed to better understand how things worked from a to b which we explained that to him multiple times oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah so and you know at least from my perspective i feel like i kept my cool pretty well <laughs> but there were a couple of times where I, I was so very tempted to snap back but you know you can't do that in a professional context no and i that is an extreme example of sort of the the way that we've had these interviews in the past yeah we've had other interviews that are contentious to a degree or people are resistant right out of the gate <laughs> like just recently uh or not too long ago at some point i don't know everything's blending together <laughs> we've been so busy lately <laughs> chase and i were informed by a developer they said oh you you clearly have no idea how this works and i just wanted to say yeah no shit that's why i'm here to asking you questions to better understand yeah. how it works like i'm surprised that <laughs> You didn't already think that we didn't know how this in-house developed application works. Like, yeah. that's what we're here to find out. <laughs> Why would we know that already? <laughs> it's just it's just fun. Um, But the reason we, we share these stories is just to, I don't know, I like to share them as examples of, you know, yeah, the, the interview aspect or the process aspect of the security consulting realm can seem, uh, I don't want to say dull because that doesn't feel fair, but... It's not flashy. Yeah, it's not flashy. That's a that's a better way to put that. Yeah, it, it comes off as a ch- more of a chore than like the fun aspect of it, and it can feel that way sometimes. But it's crucial though. Like yeah, like uh, I think we touched on it a bit when we had Thomas on talking about finance. But there's a lot of ways that these processes can be abused by attackers 
whether they are knowingly abusing it or incidentally abusing it uh, to impact the organization. And so talking through these processes, playing devil's advocate and kind of understanding where you can refine them so that they're as foolproof as they can be is absolutely just as crucial as the technical aspects of a penetration test. Yeah, absolutely. It's it. And that's sometimes I sometimes I have a hard time sort of I feel like I have a hard time getting that across to people sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not to say that people don't care about it from that perspective, but it's a, sometimes it's a lot easier to define things in a, a technical aspect because there's more clear and concise rules that go along with it. Yeah. Right. There's there's more boundaries. There's more feels like there's more, you know, X plus Y equals Z. Right. In that situation. But when you're talking processes, there's because there are so many elements that go into a process, it can be foggy, I guess, mm -hmm. is the word I would use when it comes to the way that things can get managed. Yeah. There's there's more people involved. There's there's a lot more gray area. Right. Like with a security vulnerability, it's usually very black and white, especially mm -hmm. with like, like, did I exploit it? Yes. Here are the screenshots. You cannot dispute that. But with this, there's a lot more the gray area because it's all relying on discussion points with people, relying on their word and their memory, which people are obviously fallible. Everyone is. And so there's a lot of room for error there. And it's just not black and white. Yeah, it and there's just it, it's a lot broader too, right? So we've yeah. got certain aspects that we have to hit on that are going to cross the entire environment that are strictly a a process that has to be manually executed. And, you know, I'll use patching as an example. You know, patching is such a critical aspect to maintaining a secure environment, right? You know, be it software patching, operating system patching, even firmware, right? Mm -hmm. the, these are all aspects that need to be done but are often subject to some form of manual review along the way. Yeah. You know, some, some applications I recognize are auto-update, right? But when you're talking enterprise security, a lot of them have some form of a, uh, what's the term I want to use? Some form of a, like manual control that has to be, man has to be managed. <laughs> yeah. A manual control that has to be triggered by someone in the, the environment. And that's, that can get tricky at times. Yeah. I mean, especially if, God forbid, you don't have a centralized patch management program. And so each individual team is responsible for patching their own applications and servers and all that. That can mm -hmm. get extremely messy very quickly and just leads to a lack of consistency without their, throughout the organization. That lack of consistency, though, is it's a uh... <laughs> I harp on consistency a lot, um, mm -hmm. both internal to our company and external uh, when we're talking to clients, because you're, you're absolutely right on that. It's one of the things that you're trying to accomplish with a process is creating a consistent and continuous effort that can be done the same way over and over again, and doesn't have to have a lot of decision-making that goes into it because some of the best processes are designed around the concept of, you know, if A happens, execute B, if B happens, execute C, and this is the workflow, this is the process. And it's not that you want to take thought out of it. There, you still want to make sure if you are the executor of a process, you need to have common sense. You need to make sure you know what's happening. You need to be able to follow the process. But the intent behind most processes are to make things consistent and repeatable. Yeah. And that's where it trips people up. You know, I saw it in audit all the time where they were like, oh, yeah, we have a process to do this. It's like, okay, do you, where's your documentation for the process? Oh, we don't have a doc. Well, 
then how is it repeatable? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I share it with I shared it with Tim, and Tim does it too. We both do it this way, but and then you go and talk to Tim, and he does steps four and five in reverse, so it's not repeatable. It's not being consistent because it's not you know documented. It's not clearly defined, and it's not consistent in in that right. And now I'm ranting about processes for my. <laughs> you need. Chase, it's your job that you need to fi- stop me from doing the, these rants. <laughs> <laughs> but then you'll uh, yell at me off screen like you always do. I do not. That's not fair. He's abusive. I'm a nice. I am not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He is a very good person. How dare you? Gosh, I, I, I'm getting. I'm getting thrown under the bus here. We did talk, though, because like he was giving me shit the other day, and I was like, okay, I give you shit on the podcast, but you do it offline, so I'm just <laughs> looking like a bad person all around. That's true. That's true. Well, you know, hashtag mentorship. <laughs> uh, Listen, I don't know what I'm doing. I make it up as I go along. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, those inconsistencies that you identify in the processes because people are doing it in different ways and all that, those can, will, and have been taken advantage of by attackers. Mm-hmm. And just writing it down, looking at it, and kind of coming at it with a critical eye can help you identify gaps in those. And then you refine the process, those gaps are taken out. And it's not easy, and it's not a quick process. It's a continuous refinement process. But once you have that going, uh, your processes will become a lot clearer. And I feel like I just said a lot of words that mean absolutely nothing, but we're just going <laughs> to keep going. Welcome to podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said processes five times, referring to three different things, and it's great. Cameron is going to be so mad at us. <laughs> Cameron is our technical writer. Yeah, he's a, he's our he's the BLS technical writer, and he's... Um, He's done a good job of training us like Pavlov's dogs to uh, trip over ourselves whenever we use vague terminology. Mm-hmm. I can't write the word this without having a mild panic attack. <laughs> Which is and good. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah, it sounds like I'm ragging on camp, but no, he's, you know, he's... He's, he's bringing a lot of the uh, the consistency that Sam was talking about earlier hey. to the table. <laughs> yeah. It's a word of the day. Well, you know, it's an eat our own dog food thing. We got to be consistent in our processes and our workflows as well, just like we harp on our clients to do the same thing. Because yeah. at the end of the day, that's maybe the, maybe that's what I am. Maybe I'm not a, a fan of security. Maybe I just really like understanding processes and workflows. <laughs> <laughs> but there's not like a genre of IT for me. <laughs> yeah, you can go to uh, GRC, do some like governance type stuff if you really wanted you want me to be a compliance agent that's what you want uh i mean it seems like what you want i'm (laughs) (laughs) just telling you what you want yeah i mean i could be great in compliance i'd be great at it i'd be the best (laughs) compliance agent ever i feel like i've i've lost the i've lost the thread again i don't know if we ever really had thread you know that's fair i've so far i've told two stories and then ranted so you know (laughs) it's been a great podcast for me (laughs) <laughs> listen we've had a long month yeah and we're just lined up to have an even longer month next yeah. month so pardon us a little bit we're <laughs> it's a little bit chaotic yeah we we in took a good some way. uh time off from the podcast so we could like record a bunch of episodes get them edited that way we're not stressing out while we're actually working 
And then Sam got sick to the point where he basically couldn't speak. And then, just didn't have a voice. Yeah, like a day after he got better, I got sick. And so it's just been very fun, uh, and we're having a good time, and we're not at all yeah. stressed out or anything like that. No. No. We eat, we eat stress for breakfast or something. <laughs> something to sound tough, yeah. not mentally anguished. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, okay, I guess we should round this out a little bit so it's not so jarring of us completely losing our minds here at the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're just kind of venting. This is our therapy session in general for all <laughs> this, of us. Yeah. Maybe that's what this should be, podcast security therapy. <laughs> so <laughs> back at the core of this concept, we, we really wanted to hit on the, the – I've used this term already, but I hate it, but it's it, I guess it's the best I've got. It's, you know, this is the less, less sexier aspect to yeah. security consulting and penetration testing kind of functions. But it is so critical because the other example here that we didn't really touch on is, you know, for example, we'll be doing these interviews, we'll be doing these process reviews, these these essentially calls to better understand how their critical applications integrate with each other. And from that information, we can take that back to the team that is doing the actual penetration testing and say, hey, make sure you check on this, this, and this. Yeah. Because we know that those are, we now know, because we've gone through the, the interview process, that those are critical aspects to their process. And if those are vulnerable, that's going to have a direct impact on the business. So that's, you know, how those translate together. Yeah, it, it all meshes together to paint the picture of how mature not only the organization's security is, but the organization as a whole is. And that's something we really, it's really important to tie into pen tests is understanding the wider picture so you can better contextualize the findings you discover during the actual technical portion. Because like, yeah. if I find, so I'm going to rant a little bit more here <laughs> and sam's heard my rant about cvss many times cvss is fine for categorizing generic vulnerabilities but for the sake of applying it to a pen test it misses out on a lot of key details for example a rce unauthenticated rce on a camera somewhere in the middle of nowhere would be a higher base cvss score than something like uh can be rated higher than something like a denial of service against their erp system or something like that, which at a glance, yes, but like when you're looking at it in the report, that is has such the denial of service against the RPS system has such a greater potential impact to the business than RCE on some camera. And that's obviously an extreme example that doesn't necessarily need the contextualizing, but that's what these processes help us define is understanding like, hey, this CVSS score is not necessarily the most applicable here because this, this, and this, but we can see like, hey, this vulnerability would be really bad for the business as a whole because we talked about this process and we saw where this system is integral to it, if that makes any sense at all or if I'm just ranting in an unintentional manner. <laughs> well, it's it's the same kind of concept of like your vehicle, right? Yeah. So if you go out and have, say your, your car stops working, right? And you individually check each part of your car, yeah, eventually you'll, You'll fix the car. It'll go, it'll eventually work because you will just hit everything over time and ideally fix it all. But that doesn't mean that is the most efficient way to fix that car. Mm -hmm. If you look at the car from a systems perspective and try and understand, you know, I turn the ignition and nothing happens. Okay. That means there's something the matter between the starter and the engine, right? So there, you then look at that process and you go, okay, let's start from the top and work our way through this. 
to better understand what the problem is. So you're you're attacking the issue in a more strategic and systematic way yeah. than just hitting every single piece to it until everything is fixed, yeah. you know? Yeah, you want to make sure everything's fixed over time, but there is a there's an appropriate way to go about it where you're you're hitting the most critical and most risky aspects of it early. Yeah. To protect better protect yourself versus, you know, I went through and I found 17 servers that have RCEs on them, but if you just go at it from that perspective, all RCEs are made equal, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and that's that's what my issue and it's not an issue with CVSS itself, it's an issue with how it relates to what we do because it doesn't do a good job of explaining the scale of things. Mm -hmm. You know, if your engine's on fire, maybe that screeching belt isn't that big of an issue, you know? <laughs> yeah, if your engine's on fire, you don't have to fix the rear tire first. Yeah. <laughs> so I We obviously know a lot about cars, if you couldn't tell. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I <laughs> is like uh shit about cars. In but... Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when Captain Holt was doing, like, the basketball metaphors, and he doesn't know what basketball is, and was just butchering it terribly. <laughs> It's the, the, the we're we've got it at a core concept. Yeah. yeah, I think we got it down. I think we I think we managed. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I I know what an alternator does in theory. It alternates. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> just not a car guy. It's fine. <laughs> I bought one once. I mean, so that's half the battle. Fine. Yeah, that's right. I also own a house, and I barely know what I'm doing here either. So, you know, <laughs> pray pray for me. Or something. Uh, <laughs> see, again, this goes back to this is just therapy. I'm expressing anxieties that I didn't even know I had. <laughs> and how does that make you feel? I don't. That's fair. <laughs> I thought there was going to be more to that, but. Yeah. No, it's just I don't. I don't yeah. feel. Um, don't. Yeah. Any, <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> I guess if I. If, if I wanted to give like a last thought on this sort of concept is, you know, don't discount the processes around your technical controls just because they are either longstanding or they've been around and have worked all right for now. Mm -hmm. um, it's just those, those same processes, one slip up if they're not documented well or consistent or don't have controls around them itself are just a potential opening for an attacker to manipulate the process for their own gain. Yeah. Like a lot of the times technical findings are symptoms of process issues. Yep. And you want to use those like, okay, I have RCEs from eight years ago on my servers. Maybe your vulnerability patch management program needs work. Oh, I didn't even know this server existed, so I couldn't patch it. Look at your asset management. The findings are all symptoms. That's really at the mm. end of the day. That's what it is. The technical side are symptoms of the non-technical. Yep, absolutely. And that's where talking about it from a perspective of maturity comes in. Like mm -hmm. The findings feed the understanding of the processes around more technical aspects, which then feed the security program as a whole. Yeah. And that's, that's how we inform our understanding of an environment is that sort of pyramid design of starting with you know, we do the nitty gritty, but we also try and understand it from a top down perspective as well through the interviews. Yeah. And we're not saying like we do this as in Black Lantern is necessarily doing anything special. We're just Sam and I are just relating our experiences to how we view the this aspect of security. Yeah. yeah. This isn't a sales pitch. This is just a uh, discussion. <laughs> this is. Yeah. 
I mean, can be a sales pitch if you guys really, you know, if this sounds like something that would help your company, <laughs> don't hesitate to reach out. But, you know, sales sales hat off. It really, it's kind of, we. the reason we really wanted to talk about it is, A, you know, I want, part of me wanted to, like, demystify the aspect around, you know, oh, we're, we're just elite hexers. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Right? There's more to what we do than just getting root access to a box. Yeah, or getting DA creds, things like yeah. that. Yeah. And then the other side of it is, you know, showing that it is interesting as well. I It can be frustrating. It can be intimidating yeah. to talk to people about, you know, their processes and the stuff that they live and work every day. But it's actually, I find it really interesting personally, but it's also, it can be exciting. It can be <laughs> frustrating as all hell. Yeah. But there's there's more to it than just this, you know, the boring interview aspect to consulting. Yeah. And I, I was doing air quotes like you guys can see me, but <laughs> I don't have webcam. <laughs> I'll just enter a, like, text-to-speech quote before that. <laughs> Insert air quotes here. <laughs> so, I don't know. Thanks for, you know, sitting through this one with us as we talk about, I guess... The things that I re- actually I really like about my job. <laughs> yeah, thank you for being uh, our therapist. Yeah. <laughs> Don't uh, the first session's free, right? Is that how that works? I, I, I don't think that's therapy, Sam. I think that's drugs. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Oops. Just say no. <laughs> I feel like more people would be into therapy if they got like the first session for free. This is weird. I'm going off of a weird, <laughs> weird thought process here. We should probably nip that one in the bud before i go anywhere with that yeah let's just do like a hard um, cut right now no you actually have to do your usual sign off stuff <laughs> i thought you were actually gonna stop your recording i mean i'm okay with that but i know you you want to do some uh little housekeeping type stuff at the end here yeah it, it's probably appropriate yeah uh, thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Uh, I know we've not been the most consistent with our release schedule this season, but you know, like we said, it's it's been chaotic on our side, but in all of the best ways. So you know, yeah. bear with us as we you know get through the end of the year, and then I'm not going to make any promises that we get back on a regular release schedule, but we'll try. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, it, it'll be easier after this month, but things have just been hectic both professionally and yeah. personally for us so it's just been uh it's been a lot <laughs> yeah but but i don't know I, we can't thank you enough for you all listening we we really appreciate it this is you know a fun aspect a change of pace for us in our day-to-day yeah as always you know if you guys have any questions or anything like that you can reach out to us on twitter we've got the anyport twitter at anyport underscore pod then there's also the black lantern twitter at black lantern llc my personal Twitter is at Spamfo, S-P-A-M-F-A-U-X. And Chase? Uh, my personal Twitter is at SwedishFish, with the E being a three and the I and fish being a one. I know it's confusing. I apologize. It, <laughs> it, I did not make it with the thought of saying it out loud it in mind. Loud. Uh, I'll throw a link in the description of the episode so it's not as there annoying to do. Uh, and then we also have the Anyport Discord, uh, well, the Black Lantern Security in general Discord, and you can get on there and just peer pressure us into yeah to being better. Yeah, convince us into to recording more often. Yeah, the the link to join the Discord will be in the show notes. Join us there; it's fun. We want to be more active with it, but it's just it's been hard. Yeah, we I 
we've got a couple ideas on trying to like do some community type stuff. Yeah. But those will come in time. Share this podcast with everyone. Do do reviews on Apple. We appreciate that as well. Tell your grandma about this podcast. I'm sure she would enjoy it. And as a demographic uh, we're after. Yeah. <laughs> we really we're, want to get the lagging. security grandmas. <laughs> yeah, we're we're lagging in in the security grandma list. <laughs> That's a key so, demographic. <laughs> make sure make sure you share it with your grandma. Uh, that's all I got. Thanks, everyone.